You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. Happy Thanksgiving! You know what I'm thankful for? Books. Books, books, yeah. It's books. Um, uh, (laughs) Hey, this episode, you can listen to this any time of year because this is not about Thanksgiving at all, but it is about something we're grateful for, which is backlist books and frontlist books. And we're going to talk about the difference. What does it mean? Hey, you may be listening to this in any other time. Guess what? Doesn't matter. This is a non-day-specific episode. Why did I have so much trouble saying the word specific? I don't know. Anyway, that's what we're doing today. But first. What are you reading, Bria? I am reading a book that may be changing my life. I don't want to say that much. I mean, you know I love like a popular science book. I'm really into them. Um, Although I have been listening to this podcast that basically takes them and rips them apart called um, If Books Could Kill or something like that. It's it's a pretty great podcast. But anyway, um, this book is called Stolen Focus, Why You Can't pay attention, and how to think deeply again by Johan Hari. So it starts with this author realizing that he can't read books anymore. He can't stay interested in a book because he just feels like his focus. And he said he's talked to a lot of other people who also can't stick around for a whole book anymore, which I thought was really relevant to the podcast. And then he goes on this, you know, social media uh, cleanse or whatever, this, this media cleanse for like a while and, and to see if it helps him, which I think is interesting, and then talk, interviews all these people. Um, have you heard of this book, Mallory? It's kind of getting a lot of buzz. I have heard of this. I think I saw it on like one of the new nonfiction lists or something yes. on Bookshop. Yes. Um, so if you want to throw your phone into the ocean... This is a good book to read because it will, it reminds me a little bit of that book, um, The Social, um, the book, the, there's a documentary called The Social Dilemma where it, it goes through like how social media is kind of like screwing I was too up. afraid to watch that documentary. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mallory. Come on. You have to like, if, if there was, you know, something horrible happening, you would kind of need to know about it, right? I mean, yeah. So the, so it's interesting because you and I were just talking about Twitter and uh, the day we're recording this, Twitter is down. Mallory just informed me, mm-hmm. but um. Uh, basically, this guy, um, I, I like it because it's a little bit of his own story because he's like, okay, I'm going to try to do a full-on media detox. Like, I'm going to get a phone that doesn't doesn't have the internet. I'm going to get a laptop that it can only type on. It can't connect to the internet. I'm going to go to a place for three months and see how it works out for me. And meanwhile, he also goes and interviews all these um, scientists and doctors and researchers about the effects of social media and the internet on our brains. And basically how... Uh, it's messing us up. <laughs> I don't know a better way to say it, but it's like, it is, it's great. And I think, look, if you couldn't watch that documentary, I think this book, what's interesting is he does try to give both sides and I appreciate that. Um, but it's a lot of like, look, there's these people, Facebook is designed to sell you shit. You know, Instagram is designed to sell you shit. And so these people are trying to keep you on these platforms. And here's how the human brain works. And this is why we get addicted to something like this because every time we go, we get, um, uh, uh, um, addicted to to we, we, it's a little it's a little jolt of something good that we like you know and I yeah. I could go on I will say this is a book that every time I read a chapter I put it down and then I go find someone and I say I have to tell you all about what I just read and like because it makes me like so <laughs> anxious to think about that this is something and like the sad part is like there's very little we can do at this point I mean like obviously he's like and and it's something I appreciate that he's like you know. 
people are going to say, oh, put a timer on your phone. Oh, oh, don't sleep next to your phone. But the problem is, like, these companies are doing so much to make sure we stay on their platforms, to make sure we keep our phones in our pockets, to do all, because that's the way they make money, is that there is no incentive for them to change. And so we are going to, those little things that you, you know, you go read and they're like, oh, what if you don't go on, turn Instagram to black and white and all these things. It doesn't matter because we're already really addicted. And it also is like putting the impetus on us, the people that it is affecting, which is sort, which is completely unfair. And I appreciate that he says like, we have created a system that is unfair to us because it is taking advantage of us as humans and the things that we can get addicted to. Anyway, I'm loving it. It will probably be one of my favorite books of the year, but I just can't stop talking about it. So I thought I'd talk to you about it. I was going to say, I hope when you say go find a person to tell about, like, I hope it just means a random person on the sidewalk in front of sir, your house. Sir, You're like, have hey. you heard about the problems of, of TikTok? Uh, <laughs> um, and, and look, and it's not demonizing at all. And I appreciate that because I think sometimes these books can be very like, well, you know, if you just like... There's like a lot of these that are about like food or something. And it's like, oh, you know, if you just ate the right food, you wouldn't have any problems. It's not like that. It's like, look, we've created this environment that is like, we rely on this now. And so there's no way you could not have email, you know? Like, so it, it, it yeah. it's like a lot about data mining, a lot about um, just, just all these things that um, are kind of scary for our future, scary for our kids' futures. Is it possibly too late? Yes, I think so. I haven't gotten to the end of the book. But um, anyway, it's just a real stark look at what the internet has done to our brains and what technology has done to the way we live. What are you reading? I'm also reading a book that might be one of my favorite of the year. Uh, I texted you about this a few days ago. It's Which Side Are You On by Ryan Lee Wong. And it is a literary fiction book. It's very short. It's only like 171 pages. Um, And it is... So brilliant and so funny. I love it so much. It is about this um, young man. He is in college and he is like all hyped up on activism and he has gotten there and he like, he, he goes to college on the East Coast and he wants to drop out so he can better devote himself to activism and the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, his grandmother is dying. He His family lives back in L.A., so he has to fly back. And he gets there and he is so excited to talk to his parents and tell them all about how great he is and how how good he is at activism and how he's, you know, getting, like, punching through all of the hypocrisy of daily life. And so his his parents are also are both activists. They've been in, in it for a really long time. His father is um, Chinese and his mother is Korean. And his mother actually used to run the Black Korean Coalition in Los Angeles like mm. decades and decades before. And it's it, like as soon as he gets there and he's like all – he has all these new morals and all these new values and all these new beliefs. And as soon as he tries to share them with his parents, he hits a concrete wall. His mom mm. is like – this is ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. Let's go get Korean barbecue. You know, and he is it's it's this like really fascinating. Most of the most of the book is all centered around this like ongoing dialogue between him and his mom and his him being like used to be an activist. How are you using, you know, Keurig cups because they're polluting the earth and she's like but they're really tasty, you know. <laughs> and they they make really good coffee and it's 
basically the through the whole like through his like week or two in Los Angeles dealing with uh, his dying grandmother and talking to his parents and like trying to figure out who he is he learns so much and like talking to his other Korean American friends who live in Korea the whole thing most of the book takes place in Koreatown in Los Angeles and um, just all the things he learns about himself and like the lessons that he learns from his mom and the things that he teaches his mom it's just like I it's really impressive to have a book that is this funny and uh, fun to read that is about how racism shapes America. Hmm. I don't know how Ryan Lee Wong did it, but it is just like, I can't stop reading it. It is so good. It's literally, it's like one of those books where I'm like, I'm just going to bring it in the bathroom while I'm flossing and put it on the, the sink so I can read it while I'm flossing. It's so, so good. And I love it so much. Um, so that's Which Side Are You On by Ryan Lee Wong. To my stolen focus, Why You Can't Pay Attention, How to Think Deeply Again by Johan Hari. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got a really interesting question from Angel that instead of like answering it in the book problem segment, we wanted to answer here. Uh, So Angel says, I have listened to dozens of Reading Glasses episodes, but I don't think I've ever heard either of you ever speak critically of a book. You reliably seem to enjoy them, although some you are more enthusiastic about than others. Mm. My question is, do you really enjoy everything you read or are you maintaining such a positive vibe for the sake of the show, perhaps to avoid making your readers double guess their tastes? Your policy of dropping the books you're not you're not having a good time with must mean that everything you read is above a certain threshold. But even then, de meh books never make the cut. I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while, in part because of your approach to reading as an almost entirely pleasurable activity offers an interesting counterpoint to the attitude of my peers who are studying literature academically. Sorry if my question sounds overly critical. It really is just grounded in curiosity, though. So, Angel, the short answer is no. We do not like <laughs> no. every book that no, we read. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, I, I, Angel, I will say you're right. So because Bria and I are at this point pretty expert book dumpers, mm. if I'm like, if I get to the point where I'm halfway through the, through a book, it's because I like it. If I'm if I start a book and I'm not into it, I'm just gonna stop reading it. Mm. So it's very rare nowadays that I get all the way through a book I didn't like. I have done. I think I have dumped more books this year than I ever have. Oh, good. I think the other thing is. We always intro the show by saying what we're reading. Sometimes there have been times where we will text each other later and be like, you know what? I quit reading that book. It wasn't great. So we are at the beginning, we're always talking about what we're currently reading, which isn't necessarily what we just yeah, read. Yeah, the beginning is not book reviews. Yeah, yeah it is literally it's, what it's we are curr- currently reading. And there have been times where we're like, that book ended up being not great, um, which which is unfortunate. But at the time we're talking about it, we try not to talk about anything we're not excited about at that moment. Um, and I think we do try to stay positive. We're not going to bring up, we're not going to have a like episode called Books We Hate. I just don't think that's really in our personalities or what the goal of the podcast is. Yeah. So we we from Go, we created Reading Glasses to not be a book review show, Um we we did that one time at the beginning of, of the show. Remember we did um, Drew Hikes or Drew Drew McGarry Drew McGarry's hike uh, the hike. Yeah, I don't know if it was released though. Was it? I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know if we put that out. We just from go decided that we we didn't didn't want to review books. We wanted to talk about reading, and that's really what the focus of the show is. So we'd rather recommend books rather than like critically review and sort of take apart why we did or didn't like a book. That's just not really what the show is and not what we're interested in. Yeah. So, and, yeah, the, again, and, there's plenty of books Bria and I don't like, but yeah. we don't see the, the – in the, the world of reading glasses, we don't see 
the value in bringing that to you as the listener. <laughs> and also, we I mean, we have had episodes where we're like, where I'll be like, I just don't love Pride and Prejudice. I just, like, there are certain books I do not like, and I will say that, um, and Mallory will say it too, it just is never really the focus of the show. Like, we'll talk about classics yeah. or something something like that. Yeah, again, we, we want people to listen to Reading Glasses to get tips on how to improve their reading lives and, and some book recommendations. We we You are not coming here to get a deeply thought out critical analysis of a certain book. That's just, there are a lot of other podcasts that do that, but that's just not what we do. And because of that, we just, we decided we just don't talk about books that we don't like. Yeah. We recommend the stuff that we do. And really the focus of the show is to try to make your life listener better as a, as a reader and improve the way that you, uh, that your reading life is. It's not to, uh, to, to give you opinions about, about why we think a book was bad. So again, there's plenty of other podcasts that you can listen to for that stuff. There's so, so many. And I think what Angel says here makes reading glasses different. Yeah. And what Angel says here, like, do mad books never make the cut? Yeah, they don't make the cut. Why are we talking about books we don't like? I'm not here to talk about books I don't like. It's not that interesting. We have a couple times on bonus episodes, Mallory, talk about. yeah, but that's for paid. That's, that's, from- that's paid content. <laughs> yeah, baby. that's right. A couple of times <laughs> we have dirt. talked about books we didn't we didn't enjoy, but for the most part, we just try to keep it positive. So that way, you listen. And I think that that this is a right. We don't want people to feel judged for their tastes too. There's just like, look, if yeah. I know some of y'all, y'all told me you love Pride and Prejudice. That's fine. You can like it, and and we don't want to be judgmental. We're just letting you know what is. It's not some things are not our fave, but we're not here to talk about them. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, Angel. We dump books all the time. But most of that stuff is reserved for me and Bria and Sean's private reading glasses chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, chat stream or uh, text stream where, where sometimes we'll text each other and be like, man, this book was not good. But uh, that's uh, that's our that's where that stays in the the private 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 text. This is for on reading glasses. We're all about trying to make your reading life better. And we think that you hearing about books that we don't like is not going to not going to improve your life in any way. Mm hmm. So, and then this is probably the quickest feedback we've ever gotten, yes. we've ever done on the show. But last week, last episode, we solved a reader problem from Hallie, who was wondering if she could bring a book home from the communal bookshelf in her tea shop. Mm-hmm. And I ran a poll on Twitter, which now is no longer exists, and uh, on, my, and our, on my Instagram about whether or not it was okay, and the results were shocking because <laughs> it was almost <laughs> completely evenly split, and both the, both sides of the split were absolutely so positive and so assured. Half the people were like, oh my God, of course it's okay to take a book. It's a communal bookshelf. And then the other half of the people were, were like, of course it's not okay to take a book. It's a communal bookshelf. So it was- wow. and I, I think what we need to do is hear from the owner of a tea shop or the owner of a coffee yes, shop or some right. baristas. Yes, Because out. half of the people were like, um, some people were like, you wouldn't take home the board games. And, you know, why don't you, if you want to keep reading it, put a bookmark band. in it and then keep reading it next time. My own best friend was like, "I, you can't take a book. But then some people were like, you can't read a whole book in a sitting. Of course it's okay to take it home. And I think that it boils down to what, whether whatever side you land on and what we told to to Hallie, um, if you want to take it home, ask the baristas. Yeah. That's the best way, just in case. Wow. We're going to have to dedicate a whole episode to this. Just talk to baristas about this and then let us know. 
Yes. And I, but, and I will say I did not hear from any coffee shop owners or any baristas either on Twitter or on Instagram. And those are the people that I think we need to talk to. But it seems like regardless of the situation, it also de- it depends on the bookshelf. It depends on the coffee shop. It depends on, on a, a bunch of different factors. But I think the best thing that you can do is just ask and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. We have a couple of bookmarks. Both are pretty exciting. First off, a new design has appeared in the Reading Glasses merch store. Thrilling. We're really excited about it. We have uh, our wonderful sound magician, Sean, to thank for it. Bria, you want to tell him what it is? We don't remember, but somehow Sean wrote, wrote to us and said, my... <laughs> my other car is a TBR pile, which we thought was so funny. We made into a, a sticker slash bookmark slash, you know, every, you can get it on anything. Uh, so now you can get my other car is a TBR pile over at our Voidmore as a bumper sticker. As a, as a bumper sticker. As any sort of sticker. You can put it on anything. Um, it's really funny. I, very, very funny. Good job, Sean. I immediately ordered it. Jeremy... Jeremy does not allow bumper stickers, so I will not be going on the back of our car, but it'll be going on something in my house. My other car is a TBR list. It makes no sense and is somehow so funny to me. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. It's great. (laughs) It it is fantastic. We're very excited about it. And if you buy one and put it on your car, send us a picture because we want to see it. Uh, And the second bookmark is now that we're in the holiday season, people are going to be looking for good bookish gifts to get for friends and family. We just want to remind you that we are Libro FM affiliates. Mm-hmm. So if you click the link in the show notes that says Libro FM, it will take you to a wonderful place called Libro, Libro FM where you can get audiobooks that are not through any big scary corporation and actually go to support indie bookstores and you can get holiday gift bundles, you know, you can get credit bundles that are like you want to get 2, 3, 6, 9, 12 different um uh different audiobooks maybe depending on, you know, your budget, how many, uh, the like the, the reading taste of the person you're getting it for. You can even get a 24 pack for that. That would be a two year uh, audiobook bundle for somebody. It's very expensive, but you know, it may be your edge, who knows. But, uh, and if you do that, we, and, and you gift someone uh, a credit bundle, if you get even, maybe if you get it for yourself for Christmas, you've earned it. Uh, it, it supports us as well without any extra cost to you. Uh, if you are, you know, someone who loves audiobooks, maybe you love audiobooks and you don't want to support um, any big scary corporations, Libro FM can do that. And you can pick whatever, you can choose whatever bookstore you want that has uh, an affiliation with Libro FM. We, I, I have um, Skylight Books, my old local uh, bookstore in Los Angeles. So whenever I get a, um, an audiobook through Libro FM, it goes to support them a little bit. So yeah, there's a link in the show notes for that. Check it out. And uh, before we talk about backlist versus frontlist, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by StoryWorth. If you're spending time with loved ones for the holidays, chances are you're going to hear a lot of stories. And with StoryWorth, you can document those timeless stories forever. You know, we have talked about StoryWorth before. We love this as a gift. We think it is so great. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. So the way that it works is if you have never, if you're like brand new to reading glasses, you're like, what is StoryWorth? The way that it works is every week, StoryWorth emails your relative, your friend, whoever you want to send this to, a thought-provoking question that you get to choose, which is super cool, from their vast pool of possible questions. 
each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought to ask, like, what is the bravest thing you've ever done? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? Uh, it was really cool. We got this for Jeremy, my boyfriend's mom, a few years ago, and she loved it. And the fact that we got to like go through and pick out the questions was super awesome. And after one year, StoryWorth will compile all your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. This is a wonderful thing for you to have for this person, with this person, to have at your house. I have one from my mom. I love this. And I just think this is the kind of thing that is really important. And it's a great way to find out more about this person that's been in your life. But like, how often are you saying, well, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? You don't just say that to somebody, but this gives you the no. opportunity to ask these questions. And your loved ones have some really interesting stories that you haven't heard. I guarantee it. Yes. Super cool. And one of the things that we love about StoryWorth is remember, like they get an email. So you don't have to wrap anything. Yeah. You don't have to mail anything. Totally. We are reaching the time of the year where going to the post office is like an, an all day expedition. You don't have to do any of that. It is such an easy gift and it is so thoughtful. And right now you can help your family or friends or whoever you want to send this to. You can help them share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. So go to storyworth.com slash glasses today and save $10 on your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash glasses. To save $10 on your first purchase, that's storyworth.com slash glasses. 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 Manolo, guess what? Manolo, guess what? What, what, what? Dr. Game Show has made it to 100 episodes on Maximum Fun. Oh, that's true. I knew that. Well, to celebrate, we are releasing our entire Earwolf archives to Max Fun members. That's anyone who gives $5 or more monthly to support podcasts like Dr. Game Show. That's 63 episodes with in-studio comedian guests like Jason Manzoukas, Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers, Joe Para, Todd Berry and Janine Garofalo, Connor O'Malley, Chris Guthrie, and more. Plus three bonus episodes that include two pilot episodes. Wow, two pilots must be good. Find the feed at MaximumFun.org slash BOCO, B-O-C-O. Stands for bonus content. This week, we're talking about something that, as readers, we might not always pay attention to. Frontlist books versus backlist books. What does this mean and why does it matter? So, Bria, you want to define these terms for us? I do. I want to define them. Um, first, um, so frontlist. That's a book that just came out. So by just publishers and bookstores, they generally mean within six months to a year. So this is a book that's come out in the in this the year. last year yeah usually um and backlist means a book that's been out for over a year so it's kind of that year defining mark so books that an author has put out besides their brand new one um <laughs> Mallory put a very reading glasses example in our outline which is for Sarah Gailey uh Echo Wife and and Magic for Liars those are backlist um uh books whereas um just like home that's a frontlist book so when a book comes out it is a frontlist book for basically its first year. And what does that mean for the book itself? So when a book is frontlist, it's getting its big promotional slash marketing push for that. That is, unless something like 
wild happens later in its bookish life. It's most books, the most promotion they're going to get is within that first year. And after that first year, it's going to become what the publishing industry calls a PYP, which I did mm. not know about mm, until I, I asked my best friend, Lauren, um, for, dear friend of the show. And that PYP stands for published year prior because... So this is like kind of the gray area between front list and back list. That means that it wasn't published within the last year, but it's still kind of newish. So this would mean like books that came out at the, like as we're recording the show, like books that came out last summer, books that came out in like the summer of 2021, they are PYP because they're not within the last year, but they're also not totally backless because they're still a little bit newish they're like teenagers um, they're like they're window. like teenagers they're yeah. not quite adults <laughs> they're not quite brand new babies anymore there's something there's something in between they're getting their driver's license they're uh, uh you know <laughs> learning they're going through puberty <laughs> they're sneaking out at night they're in high school um, but then, then during that, so after that period, during year two, after like, at, like officially year two, a book is definitely backlist and backlist books have hopped off the promotion train. So bookstores carry a lot of front list. And unless an author is at least fairly popular, bookstores most of the time do not carry a ton of authors backlist. Mm -hmm. Um, again, Lauren, who I texted for this episode uh she had a great way to put it she says if you go into a bookstore and you see a book's cover like it's on a table or something like a promotional table it's probably front list and if you only see its spine and it's on a shelf it's probably back list it's oh, like one of those really good things way to for like about it. when you see a snake it's like if red touches yellow, yellow yeah kills a fellow <laughs> oh is that what it is if, yeah <laughs> it's kind of like if you see if you see a cover it's a yeah front if list <laughs> if you see a brother <laughs> yeah if you see a spine uh now's not his time um, <laughs> um this is when the books become adults although here's the thing which we're gonna get to just because they're backlist doesn't mean they're bad that can they sometimes they get better with age so let's uh <laughs> think about that just because they're you only see the spine that doesn't mean it's a bad book um but then we get the paperback mallory Yes. That's the next stage of development. You know, I'm going to quit using humans. Maybe I should say let's like a larva, a pod, and a butterfly. <laughs> a, po or... a Pokemon? Okay. I don't, I'm trying to think of various stages of development. But, okay, we go to paperback. It's frontless again. It recycles. It's, get, it's coming back to the front again. And any format starts th this process over again. So depending on the book, um, Hardcovers will probably go out of print, right? And then they launch, and then it's going to go into paperback. But then you're going to need a whole new sort of push. And often when the pu publishers uh, launch a new book, they'll put the back latest backlist title for that author on sale. So that's good news for you, and you should remember that when you're buying yes. an author's new book. And a lot of these sales, uh, these these terms are for sales and marketing for bookstores. So all the things we're talking about are specifically mostly for They're meant bookstores. to sell books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So, Bria, are you paying attention to this stuff when you are picking up a book? You know what? I am because people, as people who listen to the show know, I like a new buzzy book. So I am thinking about whether or not the book came out this year. I tend to read new books. I would say, like, I read a few backlist books every year. I think I probably read about 20% backlist books, um, and then about 80% is going to be front list. Um, that's just sort of, and, and not even, like, I mean, I'll read books like a year old or something, but usually I'm looking for ones that came out in this past in the past year or so. Um, so it does affect whether or not I will pick up the book. What about you? 
So I actually used to read mostly back. Yeah, when we started the show, um, you did. Yeah, I sometimes have difficulty reading a book when it is wicked buzzy. Um, so I love reading a backlist book in peace without feeling pressured mm-hmm. to feel any certain way about it. Also, a lot of backlist books, but not all of them, but a lot of them are in trade paperback, which is my favorite physical book format is my preferred. Not a, not a mass market, not a hard, hardcover. Sure. To me, the trade paperback is just right. Yeah, it's great. And a lot of backlist books are like that. Um, it's also nice to support a book that isn't getting promoted anymore. Authors get very excited when you're like, oh, wow, so mm-hmm. a little backlist bump. Um, but nowadays, because we do the show, I read almost exclusively Frontlist. This mm-hmm. year, I have read mostly 2022 releases. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Frontlist, here's a big exciting announcement. So next year going to happen next spring we are not announcing the date but reading glasses is starting a new special thing special segment that we're doing our new special type of episode um we are after many people have asked us so many and many people have 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 written in many people have asked this question trying to figure out how they're going to find this reading glasses is going to do anticipated book episodes so we are going to go through all the publisher catalogs and pick out all the favorite books that we are excited about that we think you might be excited about before they come out each season so you can pre-order them put ask your library to get them um, but the thing is, this is going to be only for Maximum Fund members. Mm-hmm. Um, and so normally every year when we do the Maximum Fund drive, we try to go towards a goal. This year, this is just going to happen regardless. And yeah. if you are already a Maximum Fund member, A, we love you. B, you're just going to already have access to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will be, we're going to start talking about it now because we know that, you know, people t- sometimes take a while to you listen to You can quit asking. We're, get, so, we're delivering. We're giving you the thing that you're asking for. <laughs> we're, it, it's definitely happening. It's going to happen in the spring. Um, so if you are interested in, in getting on that frontless train, um, next spring would be a really good time to sign up and, and support reading classes through Maximum Fun. It's true. Um, so if you read a new book and you like the author, Bria, are you like rushing out to get their backlist or are you just going to wait for their next book? Are you like, that's that train has sailed. I'm going to go for whatever books are coming out next. I do check out that backlist, but I won't necessarily read it right, right away. <laughs> I, I, I like... <laughs> This sounds like I'm checking out a butt, doesn't it? It sounds like I'm looking at a butt. It sounds like I looked at someone's butt in that exact moment. (laughs) Baby got backlist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I guess we found the name of the show. Um, um, I know that. That's your thing. This is a you thing where you you are like, okay, I'm going to read. I read this person's book. Now I'm going to read everything they've ever written. I will add their books to my TBR um, and I eventually will get to it. And I'm always excited when I do. There are authors I discover and then I go read their uh, one of their books. And I'm like, I should have read this a long time ago. So I do like it when I do. But it's like meeting a new friend, you know. And then as I get to know them more, I'm like, wow, I like you even more than I expected to like you. So I, I do. You I have do to wait until they're your good friend before you can check out their backlist. Before I check out their backlist. That's right. That's right. I wait for a minute before I can check out that backlist. Uh, uh, what about you? I, I'm just not rushing is what I'm saying to check out the backlist. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, giving them the space that they need so that they can feel comfortable <laughs> before showing me their backlist. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm right so now. I'm sorry. Uh, what about you? What Are you, you mean? You know. You love a backlist. I'm a backlist fanatic. Um, if I read a book and I love it, I immediately order their backlist. This happens to me fairly often where if I read a book and I'm like very blown away by it, mm. um, great example, um, Great recent example is when in 2020 when I read Just Kids, Things in Jars. I loved it so much I immediately ordered the other books that she had out and then I pre-ordered when it went up um, her new book, um, 
if I really get into an author, I just want to read all the books that they've written. I'm very, um, I'm very uh, hardcore. If, what, I have a friend who says, Mallory, nobody likes anything as much as you like it. Yeah, and that's yeah. Definitely my personality. Com- you're a real completist. Like you like to know yes. all the things about the person, and I just don't. <laughs> I just don't have that drive. So <laughs> here's a question. So I I was thinking about it, and I think I've got about twenty or so authors that that like you know it's it's always so hard to pick like your favorite author or your favorite book, but I think I have about like. 20 authors in total that I would say that like I have their have stuff from their backlist I pre-order their books when they're coming out Bria how many authors do you have that are in like your your winner's circle I mean you're saying I have to have read all of their books no just like authors that you when they're when they have a new book out you want to read it when you see that like their backlist probably about 20 I would say yeah, I think I wonder how many I wonder if that's the average amount for readers to have like around 20 authors that they're not necessarily your absolute favorite, but they're in your um, I, I would your, say mine rotates too, though. Like if there's a few a book yeah. or two that I'm like, eh, I just didn't like her last book or whatever, then I'm I'm kind of that person gets rotated out a little they bit kind of fall down the ladder. Yeah, yeah, they fall down the ladder and then they have maybe one more shot to to get me back, to get back in into the the top 20. It's like that MySpace, you know? Um, I shouldn't keep talking about social media. Oh, my God. It's like the top eight. Yes. Oh, my God. For all of the, the youths out there, when we used to have MySpaces, you could pick your top eight people. God, is it, it is so wild that we used to, like, rank our friends. Oh, yeah. Um, and someone would rotate you out. It would be so interesting rude. to see... Uh, who uh, who your who your MySpace top eight authors or or top twenty is has it ever happened to you where you've got really liked a book and then you have read an author's backlist and you're like mm, I'm not into this yeah they, for sure they've gotten for they've gotten demoted sure. yeah or it's just like oh I think that they progressed into a different writer is kind of what I I realize I'm yeah. like oh I think that this person I really do like their work I think they've just progressed into I like their work now and that doesn't mean you like their work before and look as an artist a filmmaker I mean. I don't know if you like one movie, I don't know if you'll like the next one. And then hopefully I'm hoping I've progressed as a, as a, an artist, you know, I hope I've progressed as a part as in become better at what I do. And I would assume that happens to all authors as well. And I will say sometimes if you really like an author um, and an author has just had a new big buzzy book and you read that and you're like, oh, I want to get their backlist. Um, a lot of authors start out at like small indie presses. So it might be harder to get their backlist because the books might be out of print, only available certain places. So sometimes it's it's tough to get that backlist. Yeah. But, um, I'm very interested to see our our glassers' thoughts on this. If they are like me, backlist completionists, mm-hmm. or a little more blasé about backlist, I uh, I'm interested. So, listeners, write in. Tell us if you pay attention to this. If you care about this. If uh, if you don't care about it at all, so you can send your thoughts to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail dot com. Before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Soylent. Soylent, which is the original food tech company and makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats, 
Bria, tell us about all these delicious Soylent products that we can have. You got your Soylent meal in convenient, ready-to-drink shake and powder formats, which provides 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, and 400 calories of slow-burning carbohydrates in one serving. You got your Soylent squared. That's small in size, big in nutrition. It's these little squares, 100 calories, and they're great. You can eat them as a treat or you can eat them between meals. You got Complete Energy, which is an energy drink, but it's not your typical energy drink. It has a source of vitamins, caffeine, all sorts of stuff that keeps keeps you going, plus all of those in 39 essential nutrients. And you got the Complete Protein, a deliciously rich and creamy-based shake with high-protein, Mallory loves protein, uh, 30 grams of protein, <laughs> in fact. And then don't forget those 39 nutrients. They're all great. And zero grams of sugar. Yeah, I have a cabinet full of the Soylent Complete Meal shakes. Um, I do the actual shakes, not the powder, because I don't even want an extra step. I have a really hard time eating breakfast, but I know that I have to eat breakfast. As a power lifter, I have to have a certain amount of protein every day. I just don't like eating when I first get up. And so the Soylent Complete Meal is perfect. And the thing I also really like about it is that as a uh, person who takes a lot of um, muscle supplements, I I take a lot of pills. You know, I take a lot of vitamins, Mm -hmm. take a lot of other things. Um, Wait, that sounds weird. I I don't take anything weird. I just take I just take supplements. Um uh, but it's it's not a good idea to take a bunch of pills on an empty stomach. So between that it's until I started drinking Soylent complete meals every day, I really struggled. I was like, "Oh, I guess I'll make a piece of toast." Uh or like eat some blueberries or have a little yogurt. This, I have my complete meal shake and I have all kinds of good stuff in there. It really is the quickest, easiest meal on the planet. You don't have to cook. You don't have to clean up. And it's made from U.S. grown sustainable source ingredients, which means that it is good for you and good for the planet. Yeah. So go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses to get 20% off your first order. Glasses. Glasses. Presenting the new MaxFunStore.com. We've got shirts for your torso, hats for your head, drinkware for your finest beverages, and so much more. Starring your favorite MaxFun shows with new and classic designs. Find the perfect gift for the podcast fan in your life. Heck, that could be you. We're not judging. Head to MaxFunStore.com now. That's MaxFunStore.com. Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week's book tech was sent to us by Roxanne. Thank you, thank you. And it is called The Ultimate Reading Challenge. And basically it is a large book, like large, like it's almost as big as like your forearm. Yeah, it's, you know, like it it's is a massive. Big, it is, it's bigger than my big. forearm. It's definitely bigger. It's huge. It's like, yeah, forearm plus hand, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Very large. And when you open it up, it reveals all these little pockets and mm-hmm. envelopes. And on each pocket and envelope is a reading challenge. And it is, you know, it's stuff like participate in a book club or give a copy of your favorite book to someone. And inside each pocket and envelope is a little bookish present mm-hmm. for you. It might be a cardboard drink cozy, a stamp, a notepad. Um, and it is, it, depending on whether or not it's on sale, it's going to be between 20 and $30. And there's a link in the show notes for it. Bria, what did you think of this? Okay. We were both skeptical of this because it felt like a gimmick to me. Like I was like, oh, you get like a little prize every time you get, 
you complete something and it's like a giant book. And I just kept thinking like, am I a fifth grader? Like, what is going on? Why would I need this? And the answer is, I am a fifth grader if this is what fifth graders like. Because <laughs> it is fucking so cute. Uh, I, who said this to us? Roxanne? Wow, Roxanne, you really nailed us because I... At first, I was skeptical, and then I jumped on board really quickly. The challenges were great. Um, they weren't what you ex- were expect. You would expect they're diverse, they're interesting. It, it, did they do the thing that we do where they also have, like, it's not just read a book, like, in this thing. Not, not like, read a haunted house book. It's, like, do a, an activity. I was going to say go to a haunted house, but yeah. it's not that. It's, like, do, it's like, <laughs> it's like do an activity. Um Honestly, the people who made we literally started looking up who made this because we were like, can they do one for reading glasses? Because we loved it that much. It's so cute. If you're looking for a way to motivate yourself or other people in your life for reading, this is a clear five out of five pages for me. It's such a cute little book. We will post it to our Instagram so you can see because it is so rad. Mallory, what did you think of it? I feel like you had a similar response. Oh, yeah. This thing is fucking great. Yeah. Um, especially at the price point. Yes. That, that was my thing is I was like, at less than $30, these little prizes must be not good. And then we opened them up and we were like, these are cool. They're actually cute little prizes. <laughs> yeah, they're super cute. And it's stuff you'll actually use. That's the other thing is it's like, again, it's like a stamp, a, a, a drink cozy. It's like actually stuff that you're going you're gonna to utilize. My favorite, favorite thing about it is there's no deadline or date on it, yeah. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. You could absolutely get one like, you know, and be like, I'm, start, I'm buying this. I'm going to start it in January and I want to have it done by the end of the year. Or you can just get it and you want oh, it and you're, you're like, right. eventually I'll get through this eventually, some time in the next few year, years and try some things, you know, you've maybe, maybe never tried before, chip away at this thing for however long you want. There's no pressure. And, you know, that is a big tenet of the world of reading glasses is no pressure. So I, I love that, that it's, there's not like, okay, you have to do all these these challenges within a certain amount of time or you failed. Now, what you know, age it's group very, you, very positive. Yeah. And what age group do you think it is designed for? Because I do think it is probably designed for teenagers or, like, younger people who are trying to get motivated to read. But but for some reason, I mean, I think it checks boxes for everybody. Yeah, I think, what's funny is I just assumed this was for adults, but I think you could definitely, I don't think this would work for, like, middle grade readers just because there's some things that, like... Uh, you know, you don't want your your ten year old going to join a book club when right. you're, without you and when you're not paying attention. But if you were, I think this would be a great uh, gift for a bookish teen, but also again, really a bookish anybody. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter, it, you know, who you are. This would be a cool thing to maybe like use for your book club, and you know, who you can rotate who gets the prize. There's a lot of things that you can do with this. Again, because it is, there's no date, there's no pressure. Um, it gets a five out of five pages for me. It is a wicked good gift idea. And I will say when we are, again, Bri and I opened this up and we were like, this is so cool. Should we do something like this for yeah. reading glasses? So if you are interested or have an idea about what you, like if you would be interested in us making our own reading journal or our own reading challenge or something, we're really thinking about doing something like this and pitching it to some kind of publisher next year. So if you have ideas for that, let us know. But yeah, so again, there's a link in the show notes to this. It's called the Ultimate Reading Challenge. And it is very, very cute, really good price point. This would be a great like, um, secret Santa gift mm-hmm. for like your book club or oh, yeah. something. There's, there's so many, the possibilities are endless here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and maybe if you are a person who really truly doesn't give a fuck, you just get it and open up all the little things without doing the challenges. But, also uh, 
Also fine. <laughs> to be fair, we didn't do all the challenges. We just opened it up to see what was in there. Um, but you could really uh, pump up your re- reading life with this. We're, we're really impressed. Um, so if you want us to take a look at some book tech um, or have ideas for something that you want us to do, you can send your idea to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or you can check out the wish list in the show notes. We have all kinds of stuff on there all different price points if you really want us to test stuff out or you can do what Roxanne did. Roxanne emailed us and was like, hey, this thing is not on your wish list, but it's really cool and I wanted to send it to you guys. Can you uh, put it on your wish list for us? And we did. And Roxanne got it for us and we're very grateful. Thank you, Roxanne. If you want to do that, you can uh, you can email us whatever with whatever you want us to put on the list. Time to answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. Casey writes in, Hello, Brie and Mallory. I'm going through a breakup at the moment, and I'm wondering if you have any book recommendations to help me through it. I usually like to read stories that relate to my circumstances when I'm feeling down, and I just read Six Months, Three Days by Charlie Jane Anders, and it was perfect for my current situation. Thanks. Love the show. We've been getting a lot of breakup recommendation requests lately. Wow. What is going on, everybody? Is everybody breaking up? That's okay if you are. Um, Brie, what do you think uh, Casey should read? Um, I've recommended this a few times this year, but um, I'm going to say Riders and Lovers by Lily King. It's sort of a get-together, is this person right for me slash breakup book. But she's dating multiple men, so you don't really know who she's going to go with. But it's not a love triangle, Mallory. Maybe it is a love triangle. A love triangle is always different than what I think it is because the other two people don't meet, which is a love straight line, but which we've talked about so before. It's a, it's it's a, a love, love arrow. It's a love V. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, it is a bit of a love arrow. Um, and I think... It really got into the meat of what it is like to date and decide whether to be with somebody or not in this like super transitional time of your life where you're young and trying to figure out who you are and like who you are in comparison to the people around you. And there are people who you're like, do I want to date them or do I want to be them? Which I think a lot of um, a lot of people go through when they're young and they are dating mm-hmm. people who are older than them. Um, and um yeah, so it, and it has that weird breakup, get back together kind of stuff. I just loved this book, and I also loved Six Months, Three Days, obviously. Um, y'all know I love love that story and that short story collection. Um, but I, I do think this is not sci-fi, but I think it could scratch that same itch. Uh, what are you, you going to recommend for Casey? My recommendation is sort of weird, okay. but I think it'll be great, but it is weird. Uh, it is The Pisces by Melissa Broder, and it's about a woman who is going through a breakup with this guy, and then her sister insists that she go stay in a house on Venice Beach to get her life back together, and she ends up in a steamy affair with a merman. And, yep, it is as weird as you could imagine, um, but it is really funny, and it's really smart and really weird, and I just love this book, and it really gets into that, like, very surreal, because breaking up with someone is very strange. It's very surreal, because there's, especially if it's a person that you've been with for a while, or you lived with, and you're like, this person that used to be super close to me and literally used to live in my house is not in my life anymore, and that's a very weird situation, and I think that's part of why this book is so surreal, um, and it's just, again, it's also really funny. You can always use a laugh when you're going through a, a tough time. And I will say, if you are looking for a queer book, her next book after the Pisces, so I would say the Pisces is her backlist book. Uh, her <laughs> next book, Milk Fed, which came out last year. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So a PYP book uh, is about a lesbian breakup, and it's just as good as if you're looking for something more on the queer side. Um, but yeah, I love the Pisces. I love a weird book, and this, I think, will will fit the bill. So I'm recommending The Pisces by Melissa Broder. And I'm recommending Lovers and Writers by Lily King. 
So if you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your recommendation request, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Christy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you want that cool My Other Car is a TBR list sticker, yeah. you go right over to our Void merch store. There's so much cool stuff. Um, again, so this is going to be the last episode, I think, where we ta- we, we say if you want the reading mm-hmm. glasses, reading and Bria and glasses and Mallory and podcast shirt, uh, or the 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 design with the reading cat on it. If you're listening to this episode when it comes out, you got to get it now because it's going away at the end of November uh, to make room for more designs. I'm very sad to see them go, but I'm very happy to, that we have room for a sticker that says my other car is a DBR. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're really excited, and there's multiple colors for that sticker as well, so check out the link in the show notes. And if you like the show and want to do something nice for us for free, you can rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It's fantastic for us and really has a solidly positive effect on the show. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks for thanks reading. Thanks for reading. Thanks for reading.